Hey, Rob here, getting you ready for a feed drop all month long in February. Chappelle got his brand new podcast, Recap Kickback, started. And each Thursday in February, Chappelle did a different top five list of black entertainment. This week, he had the fifth and final top five list for Black History Month. It's the top five greatest black sitcoms in Chappelle and Marty Forth. We're joined by a very funny guy, Jason Reed. Join them for the top five greatest black sitcoms list. Chappelle had a great first month here as we started Recap Kickback back on February 1st. So if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? RecapKickback.com. You never know what Chappelle's going to put out there. RecapKickback.com. So check that out. Enjoy this special presentation of the top five greatest black sitcoms from Recap Kickback. What's up, family? It's your boy Chappelle coming to you with another episode of Recap Kickback. Recap Kickback is the podcast where I get together with you, the listeners, to dive into whatever I decide to talk about. And it's Black History Month for the last time this month. We're going to be talking about our February Top 5 series where we have been ranking all of the Black movies and television shows to find the top five of each genre to celebrate this supersized Black History Month. We've got one extra day, y'all, and I'm going to use it. So... This week, we are talking about black sitcoms. And boy, do I think we are going to have some very interesting debates about this one. Once again, with me to discuss another top five this February, my co-host, Mari Forth. Mari, are you ready to fight about this one or nah? Um, Actually, I think I'm going to be very chill on this one. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not willing to fight on this one because I think sitcoms are, are different than like, you know, comedy movies and be wanting to fight over the romance and stuff like that, because I really think that sitcoms are um, like your enjoyment of sitcoms are based on your like your age when you when you were watching them, the nostalgia that you get when you're when you're um, watching them and you're thinking about them and you're rewatching them. Um, so I feel like each person's uh, list of their favorite sitcoms is definitely going to be unique to them in their personal life and their personal experience. So and honestly, all these sitcoms are good. So I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, like every list that I've seen people send me, I'm like, yeah, like I can't argue with like with some of the people's stuff. It's like, yeah, all of those are good. So it's hard. So I'm I'm excited to just unroll, unroll the list and talk about all of our favorite sitcoms, to be quite honest. Yeah. When I was going in and I was looking at what needed to be on the list, I was thinking, Art. oh, OK, well, obviously these 10, that was like or 11, 12, 13. 20, 25, 30. I was like, there's no way we're going to get everybody to narrow this down to five. I'm not even quite sure if I narrowed yeah. mine down to five. It was like a tie for a tie for first, a tie for second, a tie for third, you know? And then after, at some point, it was like six different ones that could have been the, the fifth one in my top five. So <laughs> a lot of different options, a lot to weigh here. And because of the amount of options, we need to bring in a sitcom expert. So with us today, by popular demand, I might add, you all asked for it, so we delivered. Is a certified sitcom expert from the A Perfect Match podcast covering Love is Blind, Married at First Sight. It's Jason Reed. Jason, what's up? 
What's up? What's up? I'm finally here at the kickback. My debut at the kickback. I swear to God that those weren't my burner accounts asking me, asking for me to come on <laughs> the kickback. I swear it. Um, I, I love the bona fides you gave me, sitcom expert. Uh, I, I love that. Um, I, I am a, I have been an enjoyer of sitcoms all my life, still am. Uh, so I'm definitely ready to, and unlike Mari, I'm here to fight. Um, okay. because, because, <laughs> listen, we got to talk about this list. That 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 you, that y'all whoever whoever put out the list I don't know because y'all are finger pointing on Twitter about who put out which list who contributed to the list so we're about to get into all that because uh, I'm ready to talk about uh, all these sitcoms that are on the list all sitcoms that were not on the list so uh, I'm definitely ready uh, and excited to get into this uh, topic. Okay, that's the type of energy I'm looking for here. Mari's all kumbaya. We all love yeah. all these black sitcoms. Listen, <laughs> we we know black folk do sitcoms better than everybody. You know, mm-hmm. we'll find out about mm-hmm. some iconic white sitcoms and find out there. You know, some black folks started that too. You know, like we we know that this is kind of black folks' bread and butter. But also, I feel very passionately about my sitcoms. I do, yes. and just like my babies. Yeah. And so the the way let's just talk about this. The way we compile the list is that I just go in. I, sometimes I'll ask a bunch of different groups on Facebook or people, and just like, hey, what are your ideas about this? And I'll just compile the list with the most suggestions we get. I went and found some of those like top one hundred sitcom blah blah, and I started compiling the list. And then very quickly I realized I had 30, 30 something on the list. I said, okay, boom, narrow it down to solid. 15, you know, 12, 13, da 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 da. I yeah, send it to Mario. I'm like, 12. boom. Yeah, I'm like, Mari, boom. It's a solid 12. We can always revisit this. Mari's like, yeah, you left some off. I go and I look. I'm like, yes, Mari. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not, not on my Black History Month. I said, okay, Mari, look, we can't do them all. But here we are. Okay, so I had like six more, anyway. seven more, yeah, eight more. I don't even know how many more. So that's the thing. I narrowed it down to like 12. Just was Mari, like, yeah, got Mari added like eight. Here. And people just started saying, y'all missed one. Y'all missed one. Y'all missed one. I was like, yeah, we missed a whole bunch. So, <laughs> Well, listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't envy you guys with this task because this is an almost impossible task. This could have been a multi-part uh, podcast doing the top 50, and we probably still wouldn't have come with, with we still would have left some out. But in this, well, you all have 18 for the whole list? Yeah, so, yeah something like that. And there's just a there's just a couple unforgivable omissions on this list, and a couple of these things also like y'all have this instead of this is my thinking. <laughs> uh, so maybe I don't know. We can get into all that, but uh, you know, it's it's very interesting. We'll get, in, we'll get into all that after the top five. We like to reveal yeah, the top yes. five first, and then argue because we don't. Yeah, we don't want people mad that turn it off before the top five because you yes. said that we didn't yes. like. Yeah, I'm curious to see what this top five is because for me, I, I think for top four, I think for me, top four is a no brainer. I think it's, it's locked Ooh. in. It's just about what your positions are in my mind. But maybe you guys are going to surprise me because you guys as listeners have been known to surprise you guys on these top fives. Uh, so we'll mm-hmm. see. Because for me, there's a solid top four locked in. Almost, you ask almost anyone. I think you have a solid top four, but I'm just interested to see if if what I think is a solid top four is going to be the top four. I want you to put your solid top four in the private chat because I know I know what it is, and I just want to. I'll tell you how. Well, you'll know how true you are. um, Yeah, you gotta put it in there now so we can hold you accountable. You know, Uh, I will. I will tell you this: my list is not solid but hopefully you listeners y'all listen y'all had a more solid view of what you were looking for in your sitcoms thank you for all the feedback thank you for um completing the surveys every week 
we could not, we literally could not do this without you. So thank y'all for all y'all's suggestions, your feedback, and keep emailing us at recapkickback.gmail.com. Make sure you complete, like, you know, keep doing the surveys when we ask, join the Facebook group, and subscribe to the podcast, and keep checking out our YouTube videos. We're getting some views, y'all, so keep them coming. Um, But that said, Mari... This yeah. is going to be a tough one. We already know there's some energy behind this one. People are going to be clamoring. They're going to be ready to yell at us. Leave five-star mm-hmm. reviews and we will listen to you yell. Yeah, yeah. If the review yeah. is not five-star, I'm sorry. Yeah, algorithm will allow me to see your one-star review. It's just the way my computer's set up. So, Mari, let's take mm-hmm. it away. Let's do this. What is our number five, top five greatest black sitcom of all time? Okay. And I also, before I get into it, I just want to say with this, this list, we did have like the most amount of participants. So thank you so much to everybody who participated. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. But our number five black sitcom, <laughs> which I'm excited about, but I feel like two of my co-hosts here are going to oh, be no. very upset. That's number five is insecure a a show that i had to put <laughs> on this list oh. okay so i actually had to fight to put this on the list but insecure comes in at number 5 which means that i was right I mean, I feel like this means that I was right, that I should have put it on the list because all of our wonderful participants placed it at at number five. Uh, Chappelle, tell the people why you don't think Insecure should be on this list, even though we had some really good uh, feedback on Twitter about why it deserves to be on the list. We had some good Twitter conversations. I will give you that. Yes. Here Here is my bone to pick with Insecure. Insecure... We love the show. We Mari and I talked about the show on the Connect mm-hmm. on Post Show Recaps. That is still available as well. If you go subscribe to the Connect on Post Show Recaps, you can get the, the archived conversations where Mari, myself, and Latanya talking about Insecure. Anybody who knows me knows I love the show. The question that I'm asking is, is this show a sitcom? Now, we learn on Twitter that due to some technicalities and like an award season, it does yeah. qualify as a sitcom. Yes, it but does. But Jason, but Jason, Insecure <laughs> is not a sitcom in the same way that some of these other uh, shows are. In fact, Insecure and maybe one other show are the only two shows that are very different than the typical sitcom format that we get. So Mari interjecting Insecure, an outlier, and saying, look, it's because I was right. I just don't think that makes sense. How do you feel? That's right. So for me, there's a technical dif- dif- definition of sitcom. Fine. Your you're insecure fits that. Your technical definition. <laughs> I just don't feel sitcom when I think about insecure, when I watch insecure. I don't feel it. I feel most sitcoms are like, are, you know, jokes per minute are high. Something like an insecure, I don't think the joke per minute is high. Most of it, I would, yeah, I would classify insecure as like a dramedy type of thing. Like there's a lot of drama with the comedy. Most sitcoms you have are mostly comedy, I think. So that's why I think Insecure, and I think Chappelle, you and I think about the same show when we talk about another show on this list, for me, doesn't fit the definition of sitcom. Just for me, just say Insecure does not feel like a sitcom. 
Okay, no. well, welcome to the list of top five greatest black TV shows. Uh, y'all feel better? Uh, uh, well, I mean, honestly, better? If, it was, if it was, maybe. I just and listen, I can't even talk that much because I have not seen all of Insecure. I've seen a, uh, yeah. I've seen quite a bit of Insecure, but I haven't seen all of it. Um, but I will say what I have seen for me is just like I just I don't feel sitcom when I look at this. If, if we're talking about black shows, uh, I mean, I, I still don't think it'll be in top five for me, but uh, you know, we 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 could talk about it, you know, Classroom. down the line, but. I, I just I don't see it as a sitcom for me. I want your following that. Yeah. So that's the thing. I get it. So it, yeah. In in our conversations about uh about sitcoms, there it is. There's insecure. So in our conversations about sitcoms, we talked about uh what basically constitutes a sitcom. And on Twitter, we got some really good feedback from a lot of people who were uh quite frankly, the insecure army was out and Mar sent for her people and they came and drove. No, I didn't send for them. They came. They just came because (laughs) they know what's up. I didn't send for nobody. (laughs) Sure. So anyway, so they they showed up and we got some feedback basically saying that Insecure fits the mold of a sitcom by the technical difficulty. Um, This is coming from Entertainment in Color. uh, please follow this account because it's amazing. Yeah. And they talk about, mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to Entertainment Color, big supporters here. Um, they say it was a dramedy, um, very similar to Orange is the New Black, but due to Orange is the New Black basically changing the reason, like the definition the of category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the category, we got, uh, we get to add shows like Insecure. So, right. Uh, so, Orange is the New Black was a dramedy, drama more than comedy. Uh, that was an hour to circumvent the competition of awards season in the drama category. They submitted themselves as a comedy and racked up awards. So most of the awards judges changed the rules to submit as a comedy. You had to be 30 minutes long. So based off of what we know, Insecure is a 30 minute comedy. There's drama as well, but it is a 30 minute comedy. And that is the definition of sitcom for award season. And so Mm -hmm. um, if you notice, we don't get one hour episodes of Insecure despite demanding them season after season. (laughs) Um, So for my, for the purposes of this exercise, insecure does count, but make no mistake, this is a robbery. There is something that's no, going to be left out of the this top five. Agree. That has the people. The people yeah, can we check, can we check those? Can we check those mad, emails and usernames? Make sure make sure they're all connected time to Mari. Make sure all the, the emails. I don't there. have the time or the, the care. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I was. Know, I too was something fishy. Something's fishy. But, Listen, uh, no, y'all finna be mad, and because number six is. Oh, y'all are gonna be mad, and your I'm gonna, just, listen, I'm gonna just strike smile again. And, and laugh and, strike and again. evil, evil laugh. I'm I'm on the listen. side of the listeners this time. No, no, Mari led this brigade because here's what happened, y'all. I did I not told Mari, read it. I, I did not. I said, Mari, we got twenty some odd choices on here. Let's narrow it down. Honestly, insecure gives a lot of drama. It's like a funny soap opera. She said, "Insecure is going on this list. It could be a tragedy, and I'm going to be." It's going on that's this that list. That's that mentality. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, yes. know, what it is, it's going on this list. And see, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm like, it's a little skewed. But let's talk about insecure, Mari. I know you probably put this as your number one, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's my no, it's my number three. Okay, okay. I figured mm-hmm. it was high up on your list. It's, it's definitely not low on mine either. But mm-hmm. Mari, tell us about insecure for the people who haven't listened, who haven't watched it. First of all, if you haven't watched Insecure, you're missing out. Mara, tell us all about it. I think the reason why Insecure is so high, not only because of recency bias, but because it reminds you of this golden era of Black TV. Like, the 
all of the shows we're about to tell tell you tell you about and talk about were from a, a golden era of black TV where we had so many options of different black sitcoms. And then somewhere around the death of UPN, we just got like a drought of black sitcoms, black TV shows in general. And Insecure comes and it and it comes back and it kind of brings back the new wave of black TV shows. It, uh, at least that's what, how I feel. And I, we've talked about it um, on the Insecure podcast. So it felt like before Insecure came out in what, 2016, felt like we didn't have any shows for us that were made for us. And that's what I love about Insecure and Issa and her writers, because this feels like a show that is supposed to connect with um, the black audience while also telling a, a, a very narrowed point of view and perspective from Issa and from Molly and her friends. Like, I don't think she overextends herself by trying to cater to every demographic, but she does it in a way that is culturally relevant, where if you're black, if you grow up in this shared communal, um, you know, we all live the same life type thing that you can still connect with it, even though it might not be specifically, you don't know what it's like being a, a late 20 year old dating in LA. You know, so I I love Insecure. I I truly feel like this and Issa Rae and all these and a, a couple other TV shows we'll talk about um, brought backs the open the door for for us to see more black TV shows and more black focused stories. Um, and I I just love it. It it is in, it is in my top five. It is my my favorite most recent black uh, black sitcom, and I'm glad that it's top five here. I think again. I was right. And I think she was just mad because I was right. I am. I am mad, but I am not <laughs> mad because you were right. I just think a lot of people were just incorrectly assessing what a sitcom is because I think Insecure is one of the best television shows we've ever had. But do mm-hmm. I think it should be in this category? No. And it's because to me, it's more than a situation comedy. This is a drama. This is a drama about black millennials. And I think it speaks to our demographic because we are black mm-hmm. millennials. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like for the classic sitcom is more about like the the uh, like family building portion of your life, right? Where it's like, you mm-hmm. got my wife and my kids or, you know, I'm dating mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a child eventually. We get married. We, st- we settle down. It's me and my friend. Like this was very much navigating that unknown space where you're trying to figure out yeah. when are you going to get married? What are you going to do? What's your career? We don't see a lot of sitcoms like that in general. And that's what I think makes it an outlier. I think it's a great show. I love the show. Which is kind of funny that you point that out because I was thinking about this a few years ago. Like as a kid, that's all. This is what we saw. We saw the family unit. We saw like the Mm -hmm. end game, but nobody helped us for that middle portion of life. And I Mm -hmm. and I love that Insecure is one of the ones. And I think that's why I like white people like Friends and you know black people like Living Single. But like I think not a lot of shows tell you that that middle piece. So I, I like that Insecure did that. Right. Jason, your thoughts. Oh, sorry. oh, yeah. No, no. I was just saying that, like, a, a lot of times I think we get, like, people who are self-actualized in their sitcom, right? So we know a person who I started a business, you know, or I am an owner of a company or I'm the editor of a magazine. You have those people. And we know, like, we're watching the show about them in their careers, right? Or even if they're just a comedian or something, a radio host, whatever it is, we watch that. And Insecure, we watch people become who they are going to be for the rest of their lives or, you know, a version of that. And so, like I said, it's up to me, it's more than a sitcom. I'm not saying that it should not be in the top five of any given 
in list. I just think that there's probably a better category to put Insecure in. But yeah, Jason, I know you haven't finished Insecure. What are your thoughts about it? Because this show has racked up award nominations. It has put a lot of Black creators on the map, including Issa Rae. Uh, But you haven't finished it yet. I know you plan on finishing it eventually. You probably need to, or you're going to be left off of all these sitcom lists. So um, (laughs) what are your thoughts about Insecure now that in, in your early stages of watching it? I think Insecure is a really like nuanced look at the black experience, which you don't get with a lot of these other shows. You get a lot of these shows that talk about the black experience, but Insecure is pretty much uh, that's a big focal point of the series. And I, I when I go back to the, the definition of sitcom, I think about laughs per minute, jokes per minute. And I think Insecure, while it does have a lot of you know comedic elements, a lot of funny stuff, the joke, the laughs per minute aren't as high as a normal sitcom would be for me, which is why I would leave mm-hmm. it off of sitcom list. Insecure is a great show. It's, and like Mari said, it really gives you an insight into a, a certain a certain lifestyle, a certain person, a certain like you know uh, demographic, and that's great. And it give, really gives you an inside look at the black experience, which is what I love too. But again, sitcom for me, no. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm missing the laugh track, live studio audience, and the clapping. You know, I think yeah. that if I'm not getting like a woo, it doesn't no, it, feel sitcom. I mean, in most. Most recent years that that has the sitcom brand has changed as well. So we think about things like a blackish or a uh, a Abbott Elementary that we don't have laugh Mm -hmm. tracks, but the jokes per minute are still high in that sitcom range. Uh, For me, that's Mm -hmm. why I would leave Insecure off this list. Yeah. And so number five, Insecure. I know Mari's happy. I know our listeners are happy. This does reflect Mm -hmm. your votes. So that's what we have for number five. Mari, tell us about number four. So number four, um, I mean, I don't think it really needs an introduction. Is the Cosby Show number four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, do you want to start with the Cosby Show? <laughs> uh, <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, listen, the Cosby Show was an influential program of its time, right? This was one mm-hmm. of the uh, one of the first real sitcoms that showed you an inside look at a fully functional of a family unit that was intact. That was that was great from the black perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So what it did for sitcoms, what it did for um, black people in the moment was great. Now, of course, we have to address the elephant in the room of who was at the center of the Cosby Show. An awful, terrible human. Um, but I, I'm someone that, I'm someone that can separate the art from the artist. You know, for for different things. I, I, I still give the Cosby Show its credit, its due of what it did, and it was a really funny show. It had, you know, it, it hit on all of the demographics. You had the mom and dad dealing with the kids. You had the kids of different ages, so it it hit a lot of audiences, which is why I think it was so uh, influential and so important in its time. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I have to agree. You know, um, Bill Cosby, take like if you remove Bill Cosby, the person and what he's doing outside of the Cosby show from the conversation. This is one of the most iconic television shows of any genre of all time, because it does really show you that in a time where people thought black people could not be doctors and lawyers and mm-hmm. have a successful, rich family, you know, and be in in a nuclear family and have, you know, kids who go on to be successful, who go to college. Like it was very much breaking down a lot of stereotypes for television shows in a way that other shows just had not done it. And they did it for like years for over a decade. The Cosby show is the Cosby show goes so long that the kids are grown grown ups by the time it ends. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they have kids, you know, like you have to bring in a new slew of children to now do the Cosby show thing just because they're running out. It also 
gives life to other sitcoms that we may or may not talk about today on this list. Um, the Cosby Show is just, it is an iconic piece of television. I don't think there was a time when I was a child where I didn't know this show existed. It was always on. It was something I always knew. It was something, it was a family that I looked up to. And I don't, I don't have any aspiration to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. But at the same time, I knew it was possible because I saw it, you know, with your own eyes. There's a lot of people who don't get to see representation and uh, for like professional fields. I remember the first time I met a doctor, like a, like a, like a PhD in real life. I remember the first time that happened. That vividly stands out to me, a black PhD. And prior to that, I knew the Huxtables, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, for me, that kind of thing really matters. And so I appreciate the love that the Cosby show gets. Again, this is not a conversation about Bill Cosby, but this is a conversation about the things that the Cosby show does and the way it highlights the black family. And I'm actually surprised that it fell at number four. Uh, Yeah, I think the Cosby show is actually a great time capsule of the black middle class before the ravishes of like, um, like the crack epidemic, the uh, three strikes laws, like prison industrial complex, um, and how like, a lot of us were like, there was a good portion of this. And then just circumstances, you know, that didn't help kind of ravish the community. So I, I do appreciate it for everything that it has, that it has done for the community itself. But I personally have no connection to the show because I didn't watch the show Um, Mm. like that. It was done by the time I was three and I <laughs> I make the very terrible joke that because uh, people are like, but Bill, when Bill Cosby got arrested, they're like, but that was everybody's dad. He was our dad and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I had a dad. So I did not need <laughs> Bill Cosby in right. my life. Like, and, and again, maybe because I was black middle class and I saw all of this on a normal basis that it was not, it was nothing shocking or surprising to me um and i just did not i was like okay cool like i i really never watched the cosby show like to the point like i could tell you a a favorite episode or anything like that like i i didn't watch it yeah for me like a lot of these shows you know pre-90s were ones that i caught on reruns you know saturday afternoons sunday afternoons when you just sit when you had wait we had nothing better to do but to sit and watch wgn or upn things that re that replay these these old shows that's how i got most of this knowledge that's how i got a lot of my sitcom knowledge honestly i had nothing better to do but to sit in front of tv and watch shows i had no idea what they were or or but yeah but and most of them flew over my head but that's that's how i got a lot of my knowledge for sitcoms and the cosby show was one of those and it was and the cosby show was so it's so relatable because you have you have the parents and then you have five kids all at different ages so no matter what age Mm -hmm. you are you can find something to relate you could grow up with the cosby show you could start Mm -hmm. the cosby show season one in one place and end it at another and you felt relation to all those kids and or the parents at some point uh so i think that's why the cosby show is such is such a hit such a relatable piece of entertainment because you know all a lot of those characters had something going on that you could relate to yeah. yeah. Um it runs from the early 80s to the early 90s and then it's in syndication basically forever until I'm an adult and right until mm-hmm. we start seeing it taken down off of television uh due to Bill Cosby and his uh his indiscretions and you know and so and like mm-hmm. again you remove him from the conversation and we talk about the people in the show I can definitely name my favorite 
the Cosby Show episodes. And I can tell you when they did it again, you know, because they definitely backdoored a lot of those episodes for the new generation. Um, and the Cosby Show, like I said, it leads to other iconic black television shows. And so its legacy, uh, although maybe tarnished by, you know, the creator and his actions, I do think that uh, it just stands, it will stand the test of time as a show that really encapsulated um, the, what it looked like to not have to deal with, uh, you know, some of the, the more negative stereotypes that we see in black television. So number four, mm-hmm. being the Cosby show makes total sense. But this means that my, my, my solid four is not the solid four I thought was going to be in the top Ooh. four, which, which to me, one of these four, the fact that insecure came and knocked one of these off the spot to me is, yeah. is, is crazy to me. Yeah. And I'm looking and I'm, tr- I'm kind of wondering which one is knocked out, but I guess we shall see Mari. Mm-hmm. What is the number three? Of the top five greatest black sitcoms of all time. The number three of the top five uh, greatest black sitcoms of all time is my actual personal favorite. I put it as number one, but the audience put it as number three. It's Living Single. Hey. Single. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to Living Single for the recap kickback font. Okay, because if you if you if you if you you know, um, but living single, we know had was a very popular show in nineteen in the nineteen nineties. I believe it starts in nineteen ninety three, airs in through nineteen ninety eight, and for black people, the show was just one of those sitcoms that you could always count on for a laugh, for a good story, for a fun cast, very attractive black people. It was great. Um, Later on, we find out that Living Single births some of your other faves. You know, mm-hmm. we find out that Living Single is actually like the blueprint for what will then go on to be known as Friends, which is Living Single, but in white. Um, <laughs> I remember when I found that out, my mind was blown because I'd always watched yeah. Living Single. I wasn't sitting around telling everybody like, oh, you should go see Living Single. Like, I just thought we all watched it and moved on. But then I find out about that and I see the amount of acclaim that Friends gets. Jason, it just, it just like, blows my mind because people swear that Friends is one of the best sitcoms of all time, but it is literally birthed from the minds of the people who created Living Single. So were you a big Living Single guy? I was. Uh, So, you know, I was like, what, eight years old when Living Single first came out. So a lot of it to me was over my head when it first came out, but I was definitely into it. I was definitely, I could even, I could see the comedy of it even at my young age. So, and it was something that my mother used to watch. So I would watch it like as she was watching it. Uh, so that's definitely something that I I enjoyed. I loved. It was hilarious. The the you had such a diverse you know group of friends here. Uh, I I say that pun intended. You had such a diverse <laughs> group here that we're all at different points, all different stages, all had different personalities, uh, which made the show uh, really fun to see how those characters all played off of each other. Uh, and you know, as Mari said about Insecure. It gave you a look at, uh, you know, a 20 something, you know, single black woman. But this gave you something of like, I, I would guess that the women are all like early 30s, really getting into their professional lives. They are getting established and kind of showing you that section of life, which was interesting as well. So, yeah, yeah one single uh, one, of my, one, definitely one of my top it, one of my top four, of course. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to see it here. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a, an iconic series. And, and it just shows you the, the dichotomy of you know, white versus black where friends is a mainstream hit, but living single mm-hmm. is like, it's just kind of known among us. You know what I mean? It's right. like, mm-hmm. it just shows you that dichotomy of, of how things are in that, in those two worlds. Yeah. I mean, this starts in the apartment of Khadija James. She is a, you know, she is a, a boss. First of all, 
We've talked about her before on this podcast, but Mari, <laughs> Dana Owens, ladies and gentlemen, come on, the queen. The queen Latifah herself, who, I mean, I mean, not only was the boss of Flavor Magazine, uh, the, the original source of, of hip hop news and black culture, but was pulling so many menses. Like all she did was pull five menses all up and down, but also just have a great set of friendships. I would just like to say this list itself is out to get me. Every time I pull it up, it it my computer like crashes. So I'll be doing it on my phone, and hopefully we'll have we won't have any more interruptions. <laughs> but because you living that insecurity and God is upset. That yeah. was not <laughs> out me. to get you. Out to get that you. That was not <laughs> me. That was the audience. So, um, but, but this is definitely my favorite sitcom because I used to watch it. All the time. Anytime it was on, I was watching it. I've watched it backwards and forwards. I think I'm, I think it's only it only had four seasons. Um, five, five seasons. seasons. Five. Yeah, mm-hmm. it only had five seasons um, because you know a lot a lot of our shows don't get uh, longevity like Friends is ten seasons. Um, but it's one of those shows where I have my favorite episode. I have my favorite line. I have my favorite character. I have the character that I was like, oh, that's definitely going to be me when I get older. And I just think for a lot of women, um, it definitely was one of those shows that made you like love sisterhood. And, and it, it was like a, a Sex and the City before Sex and the City, because like you got to pick, oh, I'm the Maxine. I'm the Khadija. I'm the Sinclair, you know? And it, it it just had so many like further reaching when it came to like the black community and, and black women, I think in general, I don't want to, you know, leave out black men because I think Overton and Kyle were, were very funny, very like, very like interesting um, characters that I don't know if you, you see, you see as much today if they weren't successful here. Um, so I, I just love living thing. I can talk about it all day. Yeah. Oh, one of the other things uh, Living Single doesn't really get the credit that it deserves for is the costume design. Um, Can we talk about Ray Jean for just a second? Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Ray Jean, played by Kim Fields. So the people who know her know her probably from uh, from what, like different strokes and from uh, life. Facts of life. Yeah. 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 It's like she she's a child star that I mean, we all know her when we see her. But Ray Mm -hmm. Jean, her outfits in this show are so Mm -hmm. iconic. The creator, the costume designer, I mean, I believe uh, Brenda Cooper, who does her looks for the show, is also the person who did uh, Ray Jean's looks. Uh, So CC designs. Cece um, does, um, I guess, is the costume designer behind Ray Jean's looks, but Brenda Cooper borrowed from them as well. So it's the same stylist. So if you go and look at Fran Drescher from The Nanny and you look at Ray mm-hmm. Jean, they're wearing the same clothes. Now, mind you, Fran Drescher is lauded as like this big fashion icon in the, fashion. In the show The Nanny. Yep. Right. She's wearing all this expensive clothes despite being a broke-ass nanny. She is dressing <laughs> to the nines. <laughs> Regine did it first. It's the same outfit. You can Google them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just another way that this show impacted television in a way people just don't know and aren't talking about. Um, I could go on forever for about living single. The cast, Kim Coles, Kim Fields, Erica Alexander, TZ Carson, John mm-hmm. Hinton. Uh, just the queen, obviously, you know, uh, just all the uh, recurring characters. Isaiah Washington's there. Heavy D is there. You know, 
the guest list, Miguel Nunez, Tommy Ford. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you were a black person in Hollywood in the 90s, you probably came across the set of that or you're like a degree of separation from living single. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a great show. I think that everybody should watch it and just pay homage to a show that doesn't get the love it deserves. I think that if anybody's going to give it love, it's us. And so uh, I'm very happy that it landed up here in the top five. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, what do y'all think about Overton and Kyle's uh, portrayals? I, I love that. Like Kyle is Kyle's a stockbroker, right? I think he's a, like yes. a black mm-hmm. stockbroker, and Overton is a handyman. And I love that. I love their um, their dynamic and how and we we see so many different types of black men in the workforce. They, they were almost like they're almost like the black Bert and Ernie, right? Like you, yeah, you, had, you, had, you had, yeah, yeah, you got Kyle who's got you know swagger. He's a little bit of Rolexes. a player, <laughs> yeah, Rolexes, and then you got Overton who's just kind of this lovable goofball. Who, mm-hmm. but you know, but both are just stand up guys. You know, you see different yes. uh, points in the in the series where like I know Kyle, you know, dealt a lot with where he worked, having to stand up to 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 racism and prejudice in, in his workplace. They had a, a couple different storylines dealing with that, and they got the the romance between. Overton and Sinclair, you know, uh, one of the OTPs of black sitcoms. Um, yeah. So, you know, with, uh, with those two, with those two guys and the way they kind of just meshed in with these four women um, was really, was really fun and really interesting. I love the interplay between all those people. Mm-hmm. Mari, was your favorite character, Max? Of course it was. Yeah. Of course it was. Of course it was. Okay. No I was like, I feel like, I feel like, I see Max, so I see Mari. I see Max, your attorney right law. Yes. Like, yeah. Not only was she a boss ass bitch in the courtroom, she ate everything. She would just come into their house yep. and eat everything uninvited. <laughs> she would just sit there and stir the pot with whatever was going on. She did not live in that apartment. <laughs> 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 But she always found a way to insert herself into something. My absolute, absolute favorite moment in Living Single. It makes the rounds on Twitter every two, every like so often. But Regine throws this amazing, I want to say it was her engagement party. It's an amazing engagement party on the roof. She's like, everything has to go great. Regine is so like scared of everything going wrong. Max goes up to the roof and she accidentally like, throws like almost gets a bottle of wine splashed on Regine's like I can't even remember if it was her fiance or client Regine like dives in front of the wine <laughs> and then it is just a slow motion shot of Maxine like slowly running away from the scene but like she's the only thing in slow motion like everybody <laughs> <laughs> Like I can watch that clip every day for the rest of my life and it will never not get funny to me. It will never not be funny to me. And I just, that show really is like my favorite, my favorite sitcom of all time. I love it. it, Yeah. It's such an interesting model as well for, for, friendship in in your late and when you're later in life right when you're in your yeah. 30s or whatever uh just to show you guys like how you want your friend circle to be like y'all want to be so close you can just walk into your friend's apartment just eat all their food i mean so some also so, some of these shows in these lists are also good models of of family of friendship i think living single mm-hmm. was, was a great uh, instance of that for friendship yeah and speaking of which it also like it's, it's titled living single and stuff like that and uh, like, you know, Khadijah, Regine, Max, they were they were single for most of, of the show, but it didn't feel like a desperation thing. Like they were 
centering everything around men. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it didn't feel like that to me growing up. It felt like these women were living their lives. They're meeting men out there. You know, they had relationships unfolding. There was a whole bunch of relationship drama, but nothing felt like desperate or like male centric and stuff like that. Yeah. Great show. I, again, I think we could go on for hours about this yeah. show, which is yep. incredible because it's not number one on our list. It's Mari, not. what is actually next on our list as we approach the top two of the top five greatest black sitcoms? Yes. So number two of the top five black sitcoms is A Different World. And Ooh, technically, wow. a, technically a different world and live in single tie, actually. Oh, did okay. not see yeah. that coming whatsoever. I, I just I didn't either. Uh, I I like I do remember a different world. I do remember my mom, my mom really trying to make me sit and watch that because you know college, you know mm-hmm. HBCU, mm-hmm. like da 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 da. Um, but I still never revisited it, revisited it as like an older adult. But it was it was like in my mid range of my list. And I'm actually, I am surprised that it beat out a Cosby show. I think it is a momentous like sitcom. Like it's one of those sitcoms that really did change the game. Um, But I just don't have any nostalgic connection to it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm probably the same boat as you, Mari. Like I have distant memory of a different world. I couldn't name you every single character. I mean, I talked about uh, Overton and Sinclair being OTPs, but then you got Dwayne, mm-hmm. Dwayne, Dwayne and, and Whitley. You know, that, those, those are, again, also at the top. But yeah, I remember liking the show. Um, I just, I don't have like, I, I couldn't name you a favorite episode, right? Like, I can, Exactly. I can, you know, I, we got Sinbad in the mix. We got, we got all the different characters there, but uh, I couldn't really give you any concrete information about this show. I'm really, really, really shocked that it's in the top five. Uh, and I am not shocked at all. I know that a different world speaks to a specific demographic at a specific time in the same way that it Insecure does. does. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. like we, we, this is going, this is running alongside the Cosby Show. Uh, they're not like yeah. it, it's a spinoff, but they are hap- they're happening at the same exact time uh, for a lot of a different world. And so I think for us, we were younger, so like catching the mm-hmm. Cosby Show was really like like Mari wasn't watching it, me and Jason were watching it, but in syndication, you know, like oh, we're yeah. watching the older episodes. The people who were in college at the time for a different world, this was their show. This was mm-hmm. like College Hill, the sitcom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this show, it speaks to the Black experience at an HBCU, which is a story that is not told often. And A Different World tells that story from beginning to end. It tells about Black love. It tells about race relations. It tells about the difference between going to an HBCU and what you see at a predominantly white institution. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's... It gives you all of that and more. And I think also a different world is something that it's not as hard to separate Bill Cosby from it. If you think about it, right. The Cosby show is called the Cosby show. His name is in the title. If you're uncomfortable with that kind of thing, then you probably won't do that. A different world. He's not a predominant member of the cast. He yeah, is he more like a, every now and then. Cause uh, exactly. what, was it was Denise was the one that went, was went, went to Spellman. Was that it? Yes. De- and, and that's De- how they kind of introduced us. Yeah, Hillman, sorry. That's how they kind of introduced <laughs> yeah. us to, to the world um, via her. But I don't even think, I don't even remember her being that central to the show. I think mm-hmm. I, I think other characters kind of took the show, took off with the show, kind of left Denise in the dust. She, we didn't really think about her as much. I don't even know if she was there for the whole run of the show. I would guess not. But, um, you know, it, it it after a certain point, you just kind of forget that it's a spinoff of the Cosby show. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's some drama there as well. It's because, um, 
Denise Huxtable goes off to Hillman and in the first season, you know, she meets like Marissa Tomei, which is hilarious, right? Uh, and they're, they're friends and it's all this other stuff. And so, boom, season two rolls around. Uh, Debbie Allen is hired as the chief creative force to revamp the show. Um, so it's like, there's a very stark difference between season one and season two of A Different World. But during the summer of 1988, as of, according to Wikipedia, because I'm reading it, Lisa Bonet announced that she and her husband, Lenny Kravitz, were having a baby. Debbie Allen was in favor of having a pregnant student in the show because it's real life. Bill yeah. Cosby said that Lisa Bonet could be pregnant, but, but not Denise Huxtable. So to, at that time, we start moving away from Denise, the character, right? And so people had known her um, th- for, you know, several seasons of The Cosby Show. Um, but because of her pregnancy, they decided that Denise would drop out of Hillman. And so that's why, although Denise was the vehicle to get A Different World to start, she's not really one of the focal points at all because yeah. the cast is crazy we talked about you you mentioned sinbad we've talked about erica alexander in, in uh living single but kadeem hardison jasmine guy uh, uh loretta divine is here of course i mentioned De- debbie allen J- jada pinkett smith is in this show you know like mm-hmm. Cree summer is in the show like actual Cree summer not the cartoon version yeah you know, so, <laughs> so mm-hmm. this show launches careers it tells a very specific black ass story about black love at a hbcu and in a world that I, I've I've been watching TV for a long time. Ain't a lot of them. Ain't a lot of shows touching on that. And so I think if yeah. you can get that demographic in a in a in like in a chokehold, then they're always going to vote for that as one of the defining shows of as far as black television and sitcoms. Um, the clip that goes viral every day is uh, Dwayne and Whitley and Dwayne, mm-hmm. you know, interrupting that wedding, right? Uh, yeah. Where the like, baby, please, please, you know, like that. Which is improv. Which is improv and also incredible mm-hmm. television. And so mm-hmm. when you have moments like that, they stick with you for a very long time. This is what I assumed would probably be number one uh, because oh, I just, wow. like I said, I, I know the people who like it, love it. It's very similar. Uh-huh. Like I said, it's very similar to Insecure where it is your baby. And if you like your baby, you got to hold, make sure everybody knows how much you love your baby. This is one of those shows. I love a different world and I'm happy that it landed in number two at least. Um, yeah. What's, yeah. what's so interesting about this list so far is it, it covers different eras of a person's life, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's really something that's really interesting uh, to, to say about this list so far. Uh, so I definitely, uh, I, I am shocked a different world. So I just didn't think a different world was, uh, as you know, in comparison to some of these other sitcoms, I just didn't think it was that high on the list there. Yeah, I think also is you got to think about our our reach as our age range as well, right? We send this to the people that we know and that we mm-hmm. know will fill out the survey. And so uh, I think a lot of these people in this same area have the same kind of lived experience in a lot of ways. And so we vote very similarly because I do think there's mm-hmm. probably younger shows or even older shows that have been snubbed to this point because I'm not, you know, there's a few that, I mean, if we don't talk about it, people will write. So Mari, with that said, let's go ahead and get into number one so that we can address the rioters. <laughs> number one uh by a, a pretty large margin margin not as large as uh when we did what was that um comedies uh fresh prince of bel-air it's number one of course it is i mean it's you, it's you, one you of those said, shows. you could have said one of two things and i would have been okay with it yeah which okay. was- the other yeah the other one is not yeah you're gonna be bad yeah. it's number six um so the fresh prince of bel-air uh, I it's just one of those shows that it it kind of feels like it it 
redefined. It didn't even it, it redefined like age. It transcended it transcended age and where you were at at the time that you watched it. It was just entertaining and funny. Like it it's so funny to me because I watched I watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air when it was on when it was in syndication. Any moment it ha- it happened, I loved Fresh Prince, and it it's just so funny to me because I never thought of Will for some reason. I never thought of Will as like a high school student because he looked like one. He, he, like <laughs> he was probably, well, how I would I don't know how old he was when he was when he started this. With I Will always looked like an adult to me. Like he always yes. looked like an adult and like playing a kid. Yes, none of it felt like in a box of like age wise. It was just mm-hmm. funny. It was just a funny um, show about a fish out of water who's coming to now he's living with his rich his rich kinfolk and all of the shenanigans he's getting into and all of the women he's meeting and the different family members, what's going on in their lives. It was just so fun. And, and, and overall, I feel like this is one of the most pure comedies on the list. I mean, of course, we do have our very special episodes. We did have like some dramatic moments, but I personally would would say that this is one of the 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 pure comedies. Even though they they were able to like teach people things at the same time, I love Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It's it's a universal show. So you mentioned the very special episodes, and something that I think Fresh Prince did uh, phenomenally was to incorporate those episodes into the show without yeah. without making it feel out of place. Um, yeah. You know. My mind always thinks of the gun episode uh, when I think of the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the most like o- iconic episodes I can think of uh, because I-, I can still like remember watching it and being like, "Cause I was a I was a kid and I was just like, what is going on?" But like learning that le- learning like about that Will sitting in the bed making Carlton give him the gun like that for me just stands out when I think about Fresh Prince. And that's one of the more serious ones. I think of course uh, in the mainstream is yeah. Will standing in an empty house and you know <laughs> being used uh, memeified to death. Uh, so, I mean, there's so many so many iconic moments and you know all the characters on the show really leave a lasting impression on you. Uh, Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil's like my dad, right? Like mm-hmm. you know. Think about these sitcoms, thinking about who you are as a person. Like, I did not grow up with a with a father figure in my life. So, like, Uncle Phil was my TV dad, right? Like, so that, mm-hmm. that was so interesting to see that and see how he dealt with Will and how Will and Uncle Phil, you know, played off each other uh, in these different situations was great to see. Um, so I think all the characters in, in the show are just are all all feel fleshed out and all feel like they, you know, you you know who they are. Yeah, it gives like a younger spin on the same take that the Cosby show gives, really. This yeah. affluent black family, mm-hmm. right? But then they bring in this outlier, this twist in Will Smith, who's from West Philadelphia, born and raised, obviously. And mm-hmm. he comes in and he is like a fish out of water. So you see the two, you get to relate to both sides of this, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. the affluence, but then also kind of being in a situation where, oh my God, I ain't never seen no money like this. You know, I ain't never seen yeah. like this happen before. Mm-hmm. I, this is this is new to me. And you see Will navigate all all that stuff. Um, this was not my. This was my number one. It, it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know me. I look. I, yeah. I, in my mind, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, one day I too will be in somebody else's rich ass <laughs> house. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, that, it really just inspired to be the will. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm definitely like I don't want the money. I want to be around the people with the money. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But yeah. No. That it really did speak to me as a kid. I watched it throughout the '90s. Unlike some of these other shows that were pretty yeah. much in syndication. During the 90s, we got to watch this in real time. Uh, mm-hmm. Will Smith being 21 uh, as playing 16-year-old Will. Um, sure. and, and Yeah, exactly. And this, uh, that's probably why he never feels like a, a kid. Uh, but never. we follow Will 
through high school and through college in this show. And so it does very much the sim- similar things that the Cosby show does encapsulate some of the parts of a different world with watching Will and kind of, you know, in his blackness, you know, in a space that is largely considered a whiter space. Right. But with a black family as well, that is in a space that is also wildly considered like something that you wouldn't see on normal television or on, on every TV show. That's why it stands out. Um, the cast is amazing. Uh, these people, the people who are on this show, they never shake their character. They never shake their character. Will Smith is always the Fresh Prince. It doesn't matter if he is it the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He, <laughs> you will always know him as Will Smith. Uncle Phil, there's nothing else that man could do. He was always going to be Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, Aunt Viv, light skin and dark skin. You know them both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so that is This is not a surprise to me. This is on par. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Fresh Prince, number one. You know the show. You know the theme song. It's all iconic. There's a spinoff that actually gets into the grittier side of what this could look like if it wasn't a sitcom. If you haven't watched Bel Air on Peacock, this is your official endorsement to check that out. I'll be covering it here on Recap Kickback, of course. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so Fresh Prince of Bel Air, what else could you ask for on a TV show? But I'm not going to lie to you, Mari. This is not the top five I thought it was going to be. I, I'm kind of like, huh. Not, not at all. Interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Yeah. Um, Fresh Prince was my number two. Um, of course, Living Single, Fresh Prince, and Secure Three for me was my top three. Um, it, yeah. So let's get to <laughs> if, 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 if we're good, we can move on. Uh, number six is what Jason, I'm pretty sure, is, is <laughs> upset about. Martin was number six. I'm insulted uh, that it's not in the top five. I had it as my, as my number two show, I think. Yeah, I had it as my number mm-hmm. two. Um, just, I, I can't believe it's not in the top five. Martin and Family Matters are tied, and they were both just edged out by Insecure. Both yeah, my them. other top four show was Family Matters, which is it just is yeah. iconic to me. It's yeah. like, I, you know, I can't believe it. It's, Family it's Matters like is in my top broke five. survey. Yeah, yeah almost, it's almost like insecure. It's a better, it's almost like it shouldn't be in the TV show. It's like that's how we put Harlem Knights in the drama category. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that actually broke the 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 survey. This 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 did not. Insecure didn't. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So yeah. So Martin. I mean, uh, I like Martin. Like I like it. Like it was a show I watched. Uh, but I never had like a um, like a connection to it. In a sense, I thought it was funny. It's funny. It's a funny show. Martin to me <laughs> is, is like, you want <laughs> Martin to me is you want easy laughs. Go see exactly. Martin. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It was you know it never it never got deep and it didn't really have too many special episodes. But if you just want to laugh your ass off for thirty minutes, just go watch an episode of Martin. And Martin himself, mm-hmm. Martin Lawrence himself, was so inventive in the sitcom playing multiple characters at a time we don't really have anything else on this Very list funny. that will fit that and, and he just did so much with with the format he did so much with uh with the, with his character and then you had the supporting cast who was all i don't think you have you don't have as many heavy hitters i mean we got tisha we got uh tisha campbell tashina arnold who were great we had tommy ford uh we had we had uh, i don't even remember cole's uh, actor's name but the we had we had a great cast here, a great group of friends uh, who I think were all were all pretty awesome. And then you had Martin himself who who carried a lot of load here. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Carl Anthony Payne the second. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, um, as far as any sitcom debate I've ever had, people, it's me versus them. It's Fresh Prince versus the Martin people. And so the fact that mm-hmm. uh, Fresh Prince is number one and the Martin people have fallen to six, ha! I did it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You win. You won. I, I did. I've been fighting this fight. I've been in the trenches. I didn't even know how much people liked Martin until I got to college. Everybody had yeah, the Martin people, DVD yeah. set. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I liked Martin. Martin is funny. Right. Hell. They're great episodes. Exactly. But y'all, y'all trying to put it with Fresh Prince. I don't like that. So, you know, like sock to see Martin drop this low. But, you know, it is what it is. This is your vote tonight. It's not even uh, that Martin. low. It's right within the, it's right outside the top nah. five. So, yeah, this is definitely supposed to be in the top five conversation. It's disrespect. It's disrespect. It, it is really disrespectful. Is. Yeah. All right, Mari. I think I just think it goes to show that Martin, although albeit it's funny, it might just not be as impactful as yeah. you know uh, yeah, some of these other other um shows. Um and like we said, fa- Family Matters, which I mean it's just funny, like uh Jill White as as Steve Urkel, who forced himself into this <laughs> into a show. Um after that, number eight is Good Times. Good Another times. one I'm surprised is so low. I, I think, again, that in Could the conversations I've had set. with people, yeah, the sample said this is like we're a younger group of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. Exactly. But um, the people of a certain age will tell you that Love they, it. Yeah. all of this, it don't happen without Good Times. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Good Times yeah. paves the way for a lot of these conversations and it does it in the opposite way that a Fresh Prince or a uh, Cosby show will do where you're not showing affluence, you're actually showing poverty and mm-hmm. what that looks like in the black household. And that is something that was very relatable for the time. Jason, are you a big Good Times guy? I'm a big Good Times fan. I just think for me, it didn't crack my top five um, because when, you know, when I, when I it might be controversial to say is when I come to a comedy I want to laugh a lot I feel like Good Times was a lot more often than not heavier um, than some of your other shows on this list uh, I think it, dealt, it it expertly dealt with these with these topics and, and showed relatable you know content but I just think when I'm thinking of like what what are my greatest sitcoms I think for me what I laugh at the most what I have the, the best time with is sometimes Good Times just real heavy like you'd come into an episode and you'd be like oh my god like they dealt with it great like, they gave you some good laughs inside of the heaviness but sometimes just like man I just don't know if I want to do like <laughs> the heaviness of Good Times today you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. the struggle yeah Mm-hmm. The struggle was real. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to um, uh, Florida Evans, who, you know, people have a very fun outlook on Florida Evans, who we know as one of the protagonists of the show. But as people have gotten older, they start to tell you that this is a villain. This is a villain. He's a villain of the series. And if you watch Good Times, knowing that you might look at it the same. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's Black History Month. So I just want to give a shout out to Esther Roll. Um, you yes. know, so right mm-hmm. awards honoree, Yale graduate actress. Carrying good times on her back, um, but also yeah, you, you want to talk about you want to talk about iconic lines. You know, damn, 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 damn. will be in any list. It, it must be. I believe that even made its transition to Martin at some point because I think I can vividly yeah. see Pam yeah. saying, "Damn, yeah, yeah, yeah." Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. All right, Mari, what's next? Atlanta is next at number nine. See, this is this is the other one. I was like, I, I don't know how we can put this. I, there are there are there yeah. are episodes of Atlanta that I didn't laugh at. Not yeah. to say it wasn't a great I show, could, but I put Atlanta on here. But I do I do agree that it could have been not on here. Yeah. Oh, but but insecure. Felt, just I, there's no way insecure couldn't have been on here. But Atlanta. I think I think insecure is closer to a sitcom than Atlanta is. They the same. They're not. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> um, I loved Atlanta. Mari and I talked about it on a, uh, on the post show yeah. recap. Uh, uh, check it out on the Connect. Latanya mm-hmm. was there. It was a great time. We loved the show. We broke down the episodes. It was very nuanced. It was very smart. It was very funny. But to me, it didn't give sitcom energy, and so that's why it wasn't in my five. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Um, my life and kids, uh, surprisingly for me, is is higher than a lot of like some of these other shows. It comes in at number ten. I liked my wife and kids, but I think by the time my wife and kids had came out for me, I was done with the sitcom drama uh, genre. I was older. Um, I was in that that you know mid twenties. I want to say. Um, area maybe not that old but i was just i was over sitcoms when my, my wife and kid came out i remember watching it but it'd be like okay it's whatever uh, i have a wife and kids at six so i i had it in pretty high oh, regard. okay um i i love that show I, i've never been done with the sitcom john romari so so yeah. you know I've, <laughs> I, I i've been in that that those streets um, i just thought uh damien wayans was so hilarious in oh my this god world. it came out a, a, a later than i i thought so i wasn't old i just didn't connect with it. I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. And just and the, the selling point of this show was to watch Damon Wayans like roast these teenagers every episode. And it was always so hilarious. Um, you know, I, I think you guys, you know, that made this list. Uh, I think this is the only Wayans uh, on this list, which is a crime to yeah. humanity um, mm-hmm. because we, we can talk about <laughs> the other Wayans. But uh, I just thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a very a fun show. Uh, yeah, loved it, loved it, I loved it, loved it. I didn't like what you know what it was when they switched out the daughter. I didn't like when they switched uh, out the daughter. They did that so early in the game. That was like season one. Megan Good and, and I did not. I did not like what's her face. The girl that they replaced her with, she could not act for crap. So, so they they replaced two uh, dark skinned women with light skinned women at some point. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Freeman. So, oh my yeah. god, yeah. she's so bad. Yeah, so we 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 switch out dark skin uh, Claire for light skin Claire, and eventually we switch out Junior's dark skin girlfriend Megan Good for light skin Junior's dark skin girlfriend, who I remember her name is Vanessa. I think it's her name. Um, I think it's here it is. My wife and kids is great. Loved it. So funny. Franklin Aloysius versus uh, Damon Wayans. Every episode, give me all of that. Junior, yeah. there's never been a dumber character in the world, mm-hmm. and it is so funny. Tisha Campbell, if you liked her in Martin, she is a different character in My Wife yeah. and Kids, and it is great. She shows that she can do it with or without Martin Lawrence, and it's and it's amazing to see. I love the show. It lasts the perfect amount of time. I think it does jump the shark at some point, but there are so many iconic moments. I just... I, I quote that show without even thinking about it. I think it's too low on really? the list, but I think that yeah. this list was always going to be controversial after a certain point because some of these shows mm-hmm. are just really, really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Um, and my wife and kids tied with the Parkers, which uh, the Parkers, <laughs> it, and there's a, there's a rash of shows, but uh, apparently, you know, they're all separate, but like the Parkers, Girlfriends and Moesha are probably some of like the the shows that I remember watching the most, like growing up and really enjoying, and then going back to rewatch them as an adult and being like, "Wow, this isn't it! Like this, uh, is, <laughs> it does not hold up! Like, yeah, best of time." So you guys gave a list of eighteen. I don't think I would have put the Parkers on the list of eighteen greatest sitcoms. The Parkers was a fun show. It was a fine show. I I haven't 
rewatched or thought about the Parkers in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being fine. The fact that it has uh, apparently surpassed its uh, original show is interesting to me, which is very interesting to me. Um, but yeah, it was it was fine, is what I'll give the Parkers. Like, but it, it, for me, the Parkers got repetitive after like the first season. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, that's why it was it was way low on my list. Um, it was like it was fourteen on my list. So mm-hmm. that, it, you know, that was it was not it was not it for me. Well, yeah. when I the original list over Tamari, I I was I was struggling with the idea of do we need the Parkers and Moesha and one other show at the same time? Yeah, and I, I put, was like, I put Moesha oh. and the Parkers on here because that- right. But I was, I was like, they're basically the same audience. If you like the Moesha, you probably like the Parkers a little bit more, and that's it. And you know, our like, audience doesn't because right. <laughs> spoiler alert: Moesha's at the end, which I wow. yeah. I'm a little surprised. I can't believe that. that. I had it my not- I, I, yeah, I, I don't know why. Mo- well, again, I said the rewatches are, aren't that great, but yeah, you just, you just, you just outlined why, <laughs> you know. I yeah. Think them, yeah, yeah, them Uncle Frank conversations are kind of tough to watch back now, Marty. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after the Parkers, at number twelve is the Jeffersons. Okay. Jeffersons. Also, probably I mean, it's too low in my yeah, mind. You know, I think so. I had Jeffersons yeah. pretty high up. I had I had Jeffersons at eight. Um. Where, where's that now? I had, whoa, it's at twelve here. At twelve, yeah. yeah. So I had them at eight. I mean, it's just you, you, when you think about the Jeffersons, you get a. For me, it's a smile on my face. Like I, I have, I have really mm-hmm. refreshing memories of watching Jeffersons. You know, Nick at Night and all those things. Um, mm-hmm. It was just Sherman Hemsley did it like no one else can. You know, so for for me, George and Wheezy are, are again one of those top it it black couples in in uh, in television history. Um, just a really fun funny show. But yeah. again, um, the number 10 through the number 17, it's like only four, four points uh, separated them. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like my wife and kids and the Parkers are tied. The Jeffersons and the next one that we're going to talk about, number 13, one on one are tied as well. That's the one. That's the other one I was going to leave off the list. I, I, love, I saw I saw one on one. I said, I what is one-on-one. this? What is happening? I Mar did it. Yeah, I didn't I, see I didn't see Chappelle's like master list. I just saw the 12 that he sent over. So I just mm-hmm. thought I just put the ones that I thought of. Like, like, yeah, that she was like, oh, you probably forgot these. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't I, it wasn't out of his his 30. Maybe if I had seen his 30 and I would have wanted to because I, I, I wanted to add more. Maybe I would have added different ones. But for me and like some people that I talked to, I love one on one. One on one was such a good show. And um, and I love the the relationship. I have it in my top five, I believe. I think it's number four for me. Um, Ooh. in my top five because that I don't think we saw that type of relationship where it's like this is a single father raising uh raising a daughter, and the emotion of it all, her being in a new school, her finding new friends, and it just being on at the at the time that I think I was the same age as Kyla Pratt, and Kyla Pratt was like the it thing at the time. Robert Rashad and his light-skinned itself were, <laughs> were on that show. It <laughs> was like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that show, and a lot of people who, like, a lot of participants that, like, showed me their list, it's like one of those shows you either really you really like or you don't, and it's kind of like Moesha, same thing. Like it's you either really like it or you, or you have no connection to it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw. I was like one on one. Like that was definitely one yeah. of my my reactions. Um, I I put it on my like NA because I just haven't seen enough of it. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember it and I watched uh, you know several episodes of it, but it just wasn't something that that a I didn't. I don't think I watched 
probably the majority of the sh- of the episodes, and it just didn't stick with me after after thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it it it's a funny show, but it's not funnier than the rest of these shows. And it's right. a exactly. like it, it's a smart show, but it's not giving me anything that these other shows aren't giving me. So that's why it wasn't that high. But I remember right on one, I still laugh at certain things about it, uh, for sure. Um, the fact that she, you know, didn't want to go get sit back to Nova Scotia. I think yeah. uh <laughs> I think uh well, Sheena Arnold's in there as well. You know, like there's some yeah, overlap. There's another mm-hmm. so yeah, so I, I I appreciate it, but I wouldn't have put it on the list personally. What's next, Mari? Uh, girlfriends, yeah, girlfriends, the Jeffersons, one on one, all tied, and I like, am shocked that it's this low or that it's yeah. On the you list can't tell me one on one is a better show than Girlfriends. I'm sorry, I I don't, I just don't perceive that. There's no way. Like I, well, it's tied technically. Like I said, it's like tied. It's shitty. You know, I just feel like I feel like from what I've heard about people like rewatching Girlfriends is that they really appreciate it. I've not, I haven't rewatched it in recent mm, years. I would be I've rewatched that. it. I rewatched yeah. it during the pandemic, and I was really sitting there like, yikes! Like it is really? once you yes, as somebody who liked Girlfriends when it was on, I watched it as it was on and mm-hmm. loved it as it was on. But of course, I was younger. As mm-hmm. an older person watching it during the pandemic, I was like. This is not this is not a friendship model that you want to replicate where living mm. single has like four four female friendships that like really show you the legitimate bonds of like female friendship and how they can get you through your early 20s or whatever your late 20s early 30s whatever girlfriends was like just a bundle of toxic relationships with uh, enabling and and then people um, taking advantage of each other and like the the so- the main source the girlfriends themselves their friendship is not as strong and as solid as or as again it's it's very toxic and so on a rewatch it's like wow this is are these actual friends like y'all don't like each other mm. and then yeah. on top of that a lot of the these the, the issues that they hit on is are ve- it's very like yikes <laughs> it's like not very interesting pretty. yeah it's 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 a lot of toxicness going on in that show and it, it took me rewatching it to to see it and i i love the rewatch though i was i was like hooked into it but i was like Damn. <laughs> like just because i was like this is not how i remember this <laughs> Yeah, I, I think with with me with girlfriends, I had it ranked pretty low uh, because I do remember watching it. I remember it, it at the time. Uh, I think enjoying it, but wasn't one of my favorite shows. And when I think of, when I think back on it, I, I don't remember much from it. Um, I think I remember thinking at the time, was, "This is the next uh, Living Single," but it didn't hit me like Living Single hit me. Yeah, and um, it's not as funny. It's not as funny. It's not yeah. that funny. Uh, mm. So you know, for, for those reasons, it was it was pretty low on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Girlfriends really is one of the shows that marks the end of UPN as we do it. Uh, because yeah. we were watching UPN, it switched to CW, and then all of a sudden the laugh track was gone. And this was a very serious show that wasn't even that fun to watch. And so now that we talk about it, yeah, I can see it kind of being low. Mari, what's next? The Jamie Foxx show. Criminal. It's a crime. Criminal. <laughs> it's a crime. This it's, show, it, it's, funnier it's than at least funnier than at least half of the other shows we've talked about it doesn't i don't think it has the emotional impact that a lot of the shows in the top five have Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why but jamie fox and martin i mean you're not going to find easier laughs on any other show there's just for sure i had had jamie fox show as five on my list um it was it was so it was so fun so funny the characters were out of this world uh jamie fox himself was just 
hilarious in the title role. I, I don't know how this sunk this low. It, it's crazy to me. It, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Jamie Foxx show, but I don't think I watched it like that. Like, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I, I had to look it up. I was like, maybe it's because it only had a few seasons. It had five seasons, and I didn't realize oh, yeah. that. I mean, yeah. for the interplay between Jamie and Braxton alone, alone it should have yeah. it 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 sniffed the top five. That yeah. episode when Jackson, I, I mean, Braxton does the Michael Jackson thing with the glove. I lose it every time. <laughs> the man is in a dance off. He goes and he breaks glass in case of emergency. And he has the Michael Jackson white glove on. And it's just like, ah, I was like, this is perfect television. This is cinema. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, in, my, in my in my middle school, high school days, you know, that was yeah. that was everywhere. Oh, yeah. That was everywhere in school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh god, it was a thing. Yeah. Okay, Mark, right, we got some more. Yeah, just a few more. Uh, the game, which was the girlfriend spinoff. Um, I liked the game. I think a lot of women enjoyed the game. I think. I was surprised that it wasn't higher. I guess just because it had such a long run. It had like. The, the initial run on CW and then the, it got the BET when it came run when it came back. But I think that's kind of where it suffers because that BET run wasn't as great. And then the characters really started doing doing stupid stuff, and like the writing got really 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 bad. So, uh, but the game is six is at sixteen. Yeah, this is on my ending yeah. list. I, yeah, it, it wasn't really a thing for me. I love the game when it was a sitcom. But then when it transitioned over to like they dropped the last track and it gets to very much like mm-hmm. it becomes a soap opera at some point it, and it just yes, wasn't funny opera. enough to compete with some of these other shows. Um, yeah, but it when it was so funny, weird, but when it was funny, I loved the game. Like, yeah, yeah it's just that transition from CW to BET, and then it was like it was almost like you were watching two different shows. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I do still laugh moment- at Tasha. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say the moment she was jealous of his baby, I was just kind of like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I laugh at uh was her name Tasha uh Tasha yeah. Mack. Tasha I Mack laugh at her singing "Take a Bow" by Rihanna so many times. <laughs> like I I've never like like that is not even supposed to be funny, and I am screaming while that is going on. Uh, so yeah, uh, not surprised that it's this low on the list, you know. But if you like yeah. it, congratulations. And uh, like I said, Moesha was last, and but Blackish is seventeen. I think Blackish just hasn't been around long enough for it to have a lasting impact. And I'm, I'm, I think that, and I guess the the common critique for Blackish is it's a black show, a black TV show that is not necessarily made for the black gaze. It's it's like made for like the white gay, like white people to understand black culture in a sense. So I could, mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the character that Anthony Anderson portrayed a lot of times isn't even that likable. Um, so yeah. I could definitely see that. I, I had blackish. Like yeah, I had yeah. blackish at 10 because I, I did like blackish. There was there was this midpoint of blackish where it got dark for some reason and yeah. it dealt with with right. uh, with, yeah. with, with uh, the, rainbow and uh and Andre's di- uh, divorcing. Uh, divorcing yeah. the baby, yeah. the post the the uh postpartum depression. It did right. it got yeah. it got it really, got dark. Uh, so that yeah. that kind of took some points off for me. Um but I, I would say uh, I enjoy blackish for the most part. Yeah. 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 So, uh, early seasons of blackish 
no notes. It was so yeah. funny. It was smart. They were telling the story. They were giving backstory. Like you said, if it was for white people, white people were learning. We love that. And mm-hmm. then I think even black people were learning a lot about, about some of that stuff. But I think it, it eventually just goes on too long to where the prestige of the show falls off. They do the spinoff mm-hmm. Grownish, which also I don't think ever really find. Like, I think it has its audience. Well, it, but I, don't it, think, I was about to say it did have an audience. Yeah. Because I don't think did. it ever reached. It wasn't us, though. It's almost run as long as Blackish, I think, because I think it's almost like yeah. fifth or sixth yeah. season. Yeah. 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 Ronish has its audience, but I don't think it hits the high highs of some of these other no. sitcoms, and that's why I did not mm-hmm. include it on the list either. Um, but yeah, I think those early stages of uh of of Blackish were really, really funny. Um, and it was just really good TV when it was. But I'm not shocked to see on. Yeah. Yeah, Gronish is oh, yeah, this, yeah, this season, yeah. still on. Yeah. yeah. They had. I'm really mad that they had. They had an opportunity to do a different world, and they they decided against it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zoe, I think her name is, goes to college, mm-hmm. and yeah. she and she, yeah, she has a choice to go to an HBCU like her dad, or I believe Mari's HBCU, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they decide she decides not to, and then we get uh, like a lot of like college drama, but for like a from the view of like a black person at a predominantly white institution like kind of making her own her yeah making her own friend group and her own chosen mm-hmm. family and then dealing with the normal stuff that happens in college so a lot of people did yeah. watch it a lot of people didn't but i do think that the people who like grownish they've held they've held strong because that's why the shows keep getting renewed because I like the, the viewership yeah. it has is strong yeah um mm-hmm. but i do they wish also, blackish was stronger long term they also but i'm also mi- talking uh, I'm sorry. They also had mixed. They had mixed. Was it mixed? Mixed ish. Mixed ish. That was a uh, dead on. I arrival. couldn't even tell you what. It, <laughs> I cannot even tell. It's but it's still like it got like a, a whole bunch of seasons. Again, I don't. It's like I don't know who he, he was making those for. But when uh, I yeah. also when I also talk about oh uh, yeah, mixed ish hat did three three seasons. Oh, two seasons. But um, what I'm also talking about was Junior. When Junior graduated, um, they they had. He was he was all set to go to Howard, and was going to mm-hmm. go to Howard, and then they instead they they decided he was going to stay at home, and yeah. then mm-hmm. they decided on, he was grownish. Yeah, now, yeah, now they, though, yeah. yeah, it's I I was uh, that really like a a junior led a junior led uh, style different world could have really been really cool, but so whatever. Yeah. I think people wanted so that, that. I think people wanted a different a different world. And when they didn't get it, it really kind of went like, ah, it gave a sour taste in your mouth. But, yeah. yeah. So, Jason, you said you had some qualms about what was left off the list because that's it. That's all for the list. Uh, anything else you want to get off your chest before we go? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, you disrespected the kings of comedy. Uh, oh, Steve like Hart- no Bernie Mac. No, no Bernie Har- Mac. Steve Harvey Show. Steve Harvey the Show. The Hughleys. The Hughleys, yeah. yeah. The Steve Harvey show definitely should have been on this list. I that was a it was a crime to leave that off. You don't have the okay. Wayans brothers on this list. Come on, I forgot about that until somebody else said it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Wayans brothers mm-hmm. is that's a crime right there. Do I have it on this list? I, I would have put that definitely in my top like eight, probably. Yeah, mine that were left off. Everybody hates Chris. I love that oh, show. Yeah. I love that show. It's so smart. I will t- I will preach that show until the, the screaming from the mountaintops. If you don't like everybody cr- hates Chris, you are the problem because that is such a funny show. It's so smart. It's hilarious. Uh, I love mm-hmm. it. Um, Amen is lo- left off of this show. I remember watching Amen. Two, two, seven. With my yeah. granny. 
Yeah. The, Amen and Tutu that probably wouldn't have gotten high on the list, but I definitely it definitely mm-hmm. should have gotten there. I mean, like like we said, you could have made this a top thirty list. Um, yeah. I don't, like uh-huh. sister, you, right. Sister, sister, smart, smart guy. guy. Yeah. Smart guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love smart and even, guy. And and honestly, even that's so Raven. You know, like another show where it's like that was such an iconic show for its time that it just like for me, I was like, we have to limit this to something. Maybe we do something for like maybe like the younger shows, or maybe one day we'll go in and really dive into some of these like you know '90s uh, sitcoms or you know I think mm-hmm. there there's so much here. We could uh, do a, a tournament style bracket. We could really talk about these sitcoms at nauseum if we want to. And mm-hmm. this is only the beginning of recap kickback, so we have plenty of time to address that. So. Jason, Mari, thank y'all so much for leading and, you know, handling this tough conversation with me because this top five is not my top five, but it is the recap kickback top five. And I'm glad we got through it. Um, Mari, what do we have coming up next? Yeah, you made it. it (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, uh, coming up next, next week, we will be reviewing uh, Mia Culpa, the new Tyler Perry movie that's out on Netflix, starring Kelly Rollins and Trevante uh, Rhodes, right? Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. Roads and because it is making a splash on the internet and you know we have to put on put in our two cents we'll bring it to the kickback but we'll give you all an extra week to watch it and that'll give us an extra week to set up a bracket style tournament featuring some of these uh some of these black sitcoms we're going to be doing a black sitcom themed tournament bracket so you know it's march we're doing the March Madness. So make sure you are following us on Twitter at Recap Kickback on Twitter. You're in the Recap Kickback Facebook group because we will have like polls and stuff. We'll, we'll figure out what the mechanic is and we'll let you know next week about how we are going to break down these, these brackets for the Black TV theme songs and then how you can vote on who moves forward in each one mm-hmm. of those brackets. So again, we're here. It's the kickback. Everybody got to join in the conversation. You know, yeah, it, it's it, the party's dead if nobody's talking. Right. And we talking. We're going to stay talking. And hopefully Jason will come back in the future and join us at the recap kickback for more of this. Uh, Jason, it almost feels like a crime not to have you back to talk about the theme songs as well for these mm-hmm. sitcoms. Would you be interested in doing that with us? I would absolutely love to because every time we talked about one of these shows, I resisted the urge to, to <laughs> sing each one of them. Uh, so I, I would absolutely love that. I've enjoyed my debut here on the kickback so far. Um, I would love to come back for, for anything y'all ask me to do. All right. Thank hey. you so much. And uh, Jason, please tell everybody where they can find you and what you are up to in all your many, many, many podcasting gigs. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-A-Y-R-1085. Uh, as far as podcasting, uh, right now I'm talking about the the global hit, uh, Love is Blind, over on the mm-hmm. Rob Has Podcast Network, uh, on the uh, A Perfect Match feed, on the Love at First Sight feed. So many feeds and podcast names. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to tell you. I'm also talking about the show Married at First Sight over there at the same place uh, with my host asia welch um so come and check us out there if you're looking for uh, healthy black relationships um that's not the place to go <laughs> I'll, I'll say that <laughs> um, but uh for everything else uh that's where you can find me at. thanks uh, no no team uh ad and clay clay d is that what we're yeah, calling no, them yeah yeah definitely not definitely okay. not. <laughs> all right and uh mari what about you what do you got going on over uh in your side of the world um so me and matt scott we uh just 
wrapped up talking about Elimination Chamber over on the Wrestling Rehab Up podcast where, uh, you know, you don't even have to watch wrestling. Just come and listen to me and Matt talk about the fun, weird, wacky world of wrestling with amazing, amazing guests. Um, so you go to, go to robhasawebsite.com slash wrestling feed in order to um, subscribe there. And of course, every Tuesday, me and Sarah Carradine bring True Crime Tuesdays to RHAP with the Crime Scene podcast. Uh, we just dropped an episode again, uh, Lover, Stalker, Killer, I believe yes yes I don't know we dropped an episode <laughs> go check us out at robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed um, uh, actually you know what the one we just dropped was uh, Mr. Oregon with um, with guest um, oh, I forget his name sorry it's whatever it, I, I, it, I'm, I'm tired right now but I don't know that man <laughs> I do not know that man. <laughs> I don't know that man. No, he's not listening. Uh, go, go to robinswebsite.com slash crime crime feed in order to subscribe there. That's it. Oh, fo- follow me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's too like the number two. I'm mad. I'm All mad right. at my computer. Y'all. When are we gonna get the crime scene about the formation of this list? <laughs> that's not that's yeah. what I'm looking for. <laughs> We need a 30 for 30 or something like this. Like, we need to break down. I love yeah. it. Um, oh, so, man. yeah, um, Recap Kickback is where we are talking about all this stuff. And you can be a part of it, too, by joining the Facebook group, recapkickback.com slash Facebook. Get in there and make your opinion known about these uh, these shows and these topics because we're talking about it all. Um, I'm also talking about Abbott Elementary with Gia. We dropped our first two podcasts about that. So check it out. If you like Abbott, we're talking about season three. Check it out. It was a good time. Uh, also, you can catch me on Nothing But Netflix podcast with Rob Sister. You know, this week, my guest is Isaiah Eight Ball Bangers to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, the live action Avatar. So check that out. It'll be a great time on Nothing But Netflix. I'm also going to be on Deal or No Deal Island uh, with Rob and Jenny on their Hit It or Quit It uh, podcast feed. So if you're talking about that, come check out what Rob, Jenny, and I have to say about Deal or No Deal Island. It is a great time, I assure you. Uh, but yes, keep up with all the stuff that i'm doing by following at recap kickback wherever you get your podcast go to recapkickback.com to subscribe to leave a five-star review and to let us know what it is that you want us to talk about next for jason and for mari and for me obviously uh that's a wrap you ain't got to go home but you know the rest peace out